O, Equifax, or Equifax, I don't think it really matters anymore because seriously, they, they've, they've got problems. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. They have major, major problems. But this could all have been avoided mainly because it was all their fault. Seriously, all of their fault. So who do we trust anymore? Who, what company do we trust anymore to actually protect our information, especially a company that gathers really important and private information. Equifax, you're, this was an epic failure that is all your fault, by the way. And, well, this will hurt them. This will hurt the company. This will hurt the brand mightily in so many different ways. It's so, so bad for them. But... I'm going to be talk. I'm going to be talking about that, but also, I mean, the interesting thing about Apple, as well, and also, well, Cleaner and a hack, or not? Well, yeah, it actually, was a hack. So we'll be talking about that. So this this is all brewed up in a new episode of Digital Coffee, and I'm pretty excited for it. So let's go. Mmm, that's good. Alright guys, welcome to a new episode that is always good of Digital Coffee. That's right, I'm your host, Brett Deister. So let's get on with it. So like I said before, uh, well, Equifax. So if you don't know, Equifax is one of the three main companies that, well, checks your credit score. That's right, it has a lot of personal and private information that you don't want hackers to actually have. And guess what? The hackers have it now. Yes, you could be affected by this. Congratulations, Equifax. You just did something you should have never have happened. And it wasn't the best idea in the world for you to actually have this happen too. Uh, one of the main things is what I don't understand is why didn't you have every information that you have encrypted so whoever got into it couldn't it would have taken them a lot longer to decrypt it. No, you just left it out in the open saying, oh, no one's gonna steal this, No one's, gonna, nothing's gonna happen. And when you think that way, something does happen. I mean, there's there, the level of incompetence on this is epic. That's why I call it the epic failure of Equifax, because it is epic. They try to blame uh, Apache for not giving uh, basically an update for vulnerability and Apache's like uh, we gave this to you two months ago oh so that excuse is gone what excuse they should have done is said yes we messed up yes we will do everything in our power to help you manage this difficult situation but no instead they had people complain that it, it would cost them five to ten dollars to freeze their account for credit and they got so upset about this, they're like, okay, well, may, maybe it's free. See, I don't know what the PR people are doing, but that's not good for you guys as, as, at all. You, you should have been ahead of this game, way ahead of this game. Like this should have been one of your crises in your crisis plan on how to deal with this because this is a major issue. Now you have higher ups, well, they're, they're jumping ship. They're, they're resigning or being fired as they should be because this was the most epic fail I've ever seen. I mean, this is this is on scale one of the worst things. It's it, one of the worst. Like, 
I don't understand why you would never encrypt anything. Anything that's really, really important, encrypt. That's all you do, Equifax. You encrypt everything. Because credit card information, social security numbers, all this stuff is a pain in the butt for normal users to have to fight and deal with. And you just made it so much more difficult for them. And you weren't even forward thinking about it. You just let it go. And then when people complain so much, okay, well, we'll change our minds. We'll let you do it for free. Why is this important? Because it's important because no company is hack proof, none whatsoever even the ones that do try to do credit card protection they will be hacked eventually as well this is not this is the reality we live in where any company will be hacked it's just inevitable you have to be on top of this i'm sorry to say this i would rather not say this but it's true i mean look at this whole debacle that just happened it wasn't I mean, the level of not updating critical core systems is bad in itself, but having 100 million people information get stolen is even worse because you know they didn't encrypt this. You know that they were unencrypted and the hacker got into it easily and they have this mess to deal with. Now, will people trust them again? Maybe, probably not. More than likely, no. They're not going to ever, ever trust them again. Because why would you? Why would you trust a company that basically allows your important information to be stolen without any safeguards and without any way of actually encrypting this stuff? I mean, they, they could have at least like backed it up and done it that way. Hopefully they did back stuff up. I don't know if they did or not because I'm not part of their operations, but it's the world we live in today. Yes, hacking will happen quite more frequently and you have to get used to it you have to be vigilant about it. this this is just the tip of the iceberg because a lot of things are going on in the background that you may not know tip of the iceberg it's just we know about these bigger ones because these bigger ones have a lot more people's information and so people get more upset about it but it happens every single day every minute of the day hackers are always trying to find a way of getting past uh, firewalls and other things because they want information. Now you now, to be clear, not all hackers are terrible people. There are some that are called white hats that are basically there to look at vulnerabilities and let the company know about vulnerabilities. There are also companies that do have bounty reports for reporting bugs as well. Facebook, Google, all do that too. The other ones, the black hats, the ones that are nefarious and that's the ones that you always have to watch out for because they want your information for their own purposes. They don't they don't care about you. No, neither should they. But yes, it's it's not gonna look good for them for quite a while. I, I will have to say that that they are in they are in one of the biggest troubles that they can ever be in because how how do you deal with this? Uh, I mean you have to almost make sure you check all your statements, make sure that you bought this stuff and make sure that it is you that bought it and then coordinate with your bank. I'm hoping banks are getting ahead of this as well and making sure that they are vigilantly looking at it maybe more than they should for a while just in case. Now, I already said this will hurt and I will say it again. This will hurt Equifax to an nth degree. 
because their main business is for credit monitoring and making sure that you can check your credit. And if no one trusts that you can keep the information safe, your business is dead. Now I've read reports that their stocks have dropped about 35%. It's not looking good for them and their stocks probably gonna drop more and more because even investors are going, your main business is not looking good. So be on the lookout. I, I mean, it sucks that this happened. It sucks that you have to deal with it. I completely empathize with all of you about this. I don't like talking about this. I don't like how it goes because usually hacks do hurt end users the most. I mean, it does, hit, it does hurt businesses, but end users are the ones that get hit the hardest. It happens all the time. It happened with Target, it happened with Home Depot. These are gonna get more and more and more. And be sure that you're using stuff like LastPass. Be sure that you're backing up. Be sure you're doing all this because you need to encrypt. You need to make sure that everything's encrypted. Because if you don't, encrypted, encrypt, encrypted. Because if you don't, well, I mean, you're leaving it up to the benevolence of the hackers, which I wouldn't, to be honest with you. I wouldn't ever leave it up to the benevolence of hackers if they're black hats. If they're white hats, they'll, they'll help you out. But a lot of times when we hear these news stories, it's not white hats, it's black hats that are doing this. So if you're leaving it up to the black hat hacker benevolence, um, it's not gonna work. It's actually, it's it's not, I, I'm sorry to say it. It's it's just not, it's, it's totally not. It's never going to work, ever. Ever, 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 ever. I know I just, did the rah, rah, rah. but I want I want to really ingrain in your head that this is terrible, and I I take no sympathy for this company because this company had a due diligence and it didn't follow through. I have zero sympathy for companies that do this. I know it probably sucks for the PR people because they have to deal with it, but I have zero sympathy. Sorry, even the PR people, I have zero sympathy for that. All right, let's move on to the iPhone X or 10 as it's called because in Roman numerals X equals 10 or X is 10. And last week Apple unveiled its, uh, well they technically unveiled two phones, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10. Apparently they skipped nine, but I mean, to be honest with you, if you count all the iPhones, it's more like 15 or 16 anyways because of the S's and the other variants as well. But um, the main thing is that the new A11 processor, now it's supposed to be as fast or faster than the i5 Intel processors from the iMac, which really isn't that big of a deal, to be honest with you, because the i5s are kind of a little old. Uh, even the new variants of Intel is more of the i7 and the i9. Uh, and if you're wondering, the i5 is usually like a quad core, not a quad, excuse me, a dual core. Quad cores are i7s and i9s are gonna be eight cores. Uh, yes, we're getting more cores, but gaming or most programs don't really use it all effectively. But a good thing about the cores is that it does allow you to do more programs and processes without slowing down your computer. That's the whole point of it. Now, moving on. Uh, so that's the biggest thing is that the new A11 processor, which is great. I love a new processor and it blows, it's supposedly for now, blows Snapdragon's uh, 835 out of the water. Now, people, the uh, Apple fanboys are like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. But if you're really, if you're a true techie, you understand that this is a revolving door, that the new Snapdragon will come out and will blow the other one out of the water. And 
so on and so forth. This is not really that much new. It's not really... Every time I see this, especially mobile tech, I kind of go give it a couple months and then we'll see a new processor that will blow the other one out of the water. So, yay. Uh, so that's a new one. For the iPhone 8, it's mostly the same as this iPhone 7. There's not really much of a difference. It may be a little bit of upgraded screen, upgraded camera, but beyond that, not really much. Yeah. It's kind of a minor upgrade from your 7 to your 8. Still no headphone jack because they did away with that because reasons unknown to me. I still want my headphone jack. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the things that I like is a headphone jack. I'm sorry, but you can call me old-fashioned that way, but I like the headphone jack. Uh, Bluetooth is, is becoming more efficient, which is great, but yeah, you can put a lot of things on Bluetooth. Um... So for the iPhone 10, obviously the same graphics processor, bezel-less or mostly bezel-less screen. Woo! Um, wireless charging, that's another one. Um, facial recognition's another one as well. To be honest with you, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I I watched I watched this thing. I was like, okay, Android did that. Okay, Android did that. Okay, Android's already done that. Okay, so what's new? Well, really nothing. It's kind of a catch-up for Apple a lot of times. I mean, the fingerprint scanner is kind of what Apple did new in the last uh, iPhones, and they kind of don't know if they still have that on there anymore. Uh, it might not be a big thing for them, but the facial recognition, I actually had facial recognition unlock on my Moto X second generation. Yes, it's not that new. Also, wireless charging has been around for a while too. Not new. It's just Apple's like, oh, we can do this now. Yay. And everybody's like, oh, okay. I mean, the water dust resistant, cool, but even Samsung phones have had that as well. So, this, I mean, even the Casio ones, yeah, Casio actually did some smartphones and feature phones that, had, that were like that as well. So, nothing is really new to Apple. I mean, the AR kit, great, awesome. That's great, but that's software. Hardware-wise, not really much. Uh, the N emojis where you can animate yourself and use your voice, meh. I mean, it's, it's a great gimmick, but it's not really revolutionary, to be honest with you. I mean, it's more of an AR thing, and if you really want to spend all your time doing that, great, but I have more important things than to animate my face on a fox or a bear and using my voice. I mean, I my voice would be a great bear voice, so... Obviously, I would want to do that anyways, but no, this this doesn't want me to buy a thousand dollar phone. Also, what's kind of getting to me is that there's two variants on the iPhone 8, the 64 gig and the 256. Where's the 128? Why, Apple? Why do you keep on doing this? I don't understand why you can't have three variants, especially the 128. You can't say it's not a good buy. You can't because it's actually a really good buy to do the 128. But no, you get rid of the 32, which is fine, I guess. I mean, 32 is becoming more like the 16 gig uh, variants of, of smartphones, which I don't think anybody or very few people sell anymore. But seriously, where's the 128 gig? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. But aha, if we can get people to buy the more expensive one, it's not $1,000 because the 64 gig one's $1,000. 
then great, we can get more money because, well, I hate to say this, but you iPhone users are pretty, pretty easily duped sometimes. Especially when a new iPhone comes out, you're very easily duped. Where it's kind of like, yeah, like I bought my Pixel Seven, um, Pixel, sorry, not Seven, but the Pixel Phone, for about seven something, and that was worth one twenty-eight. The iPhone 10 for less memory than what I have is a thousand dollars. It's about two hundred something more dollars for that. Yeah, this is the world we live in, where phones are a thousand dollars or more now. iPhone 8 is at least seven hundred, but still, it's a sixty-four gig. I spent like twelve bucks extra to get double the memory. I don't, I don't understand, but. Apple does have a very cult following, so that's why. That's why. Why? Why? Um, but yeah, the iPhone 8 is starts at 700 about $800 for the more 256 and then the, the iPhone 10 starts at 1000 They also did mention the Apple Watch 3, which, I mean, yeah, it had cellular. You could use it without your phone, basically. That's, that's uh, That was the biggest thing for it. So... I didn't really want to talk about it as much because it really wasn't as big as the iPhones. Uh, but even the iPhones, I was like, I'm wondering when people are going to start to wake up that they aren't really innovating as much as they used to or at least refining what it is and they're just playing catch up all the time. Because uh, that's what I feel like Apple's doing lately. It's playing catch up to everybody else and then they catch up and they have to catch up once again because they're still behind. Like, it. I would like to see Apple come out with something new and exciting once in the last five, because in the last five years, it feels like they, they, they haven't. They, they rested on their laurels of, we created the smartphone industry so we can do whatever we want, which is great for a while, but eventually everybody's going to be like, well, do I really want to buy that? Do I really want to buy it for this much? Do I really need that phone this much money? Do I really need it for that much? And usually it's going to be a no. It's always going to be a no. Like, th there's nothing you can do about that. It's, it's just a no. No, I don't need it for that much. So that's where we're at. So moving on to CCleaner. Yes. So if you don't know, CCleaner is a really good program for cleaning out, um, like, old files that when you uninstall program leave behind, also checking your registry. A lot of great things, also kind of deleting caches that can be built up through Chrome, Edge, or any of the other internet browsers. It's a pretty good tool. However, it was recently uh, brought to everybody's attention that it, the hackers got in and kind of hacked it. Luckily, uh, Avast was ahead of the game. They got rid of it, so there's no worries about that. Also, this I, from the reports I read, it only affected 32-bit uh, Windows uh, pro, uh Machines, which are right in this day and age isn't very many. Um, unless you have a really old computer, then you might just want to update anyways. But if you have the 64-bit one, which most computers have nowadays, it wouldn't matter to you anyways. So, well, be happy about that. So you don't have to worry about it. I would just update anyways. So you should, if you are using it, update to the latest version because that will circumvent everything else that's been going on with it just to be on the safe side because you really need to be on the safe side. And like I said, hacks are going to happen more and more frequently. You're just gonna to have to get used to this and be vigilant on your updates, always. 
But I'm glad that they got ahead of this and they made sure that uh, anything that the hackers did is gone, so no more malware. But if you have a 32-bit engine, uh, be be vigilant about it. If you have 64, it doesn't really matter anymore. It doesn't um, because it doesn't affect that those uh, processors or those uh, systems as much as it affects the 32-bit ones. Like I said, if you have a 32-bit upgrade, you, you need to upgrade because it's old anyways. It's very old. I don't... It's been a while since I've used a 32-bit computer. Yeah. That's how old it is. It's been a while. I don't want to sing that song, but you know that song. If you don't, I'm sorry. Anyways, moving on to how to protect yourself from and your business if you run a business from hackers. Uh, so there isn't really a good way technically of protecting your business. It's just going to happen. But there are measures to be taken for this. A, backup every single day with a portable hard drive and then once you're done backing it up, disconnect it from your computer. So at least you know. Make sure you have a firewall in place. Make sure you have something in place to protect you or at least to um, deter hackers from make from being an easy target because most hackers try to find an easy target so they don't spend as much time doing it um, but the biggest thing is to make sure that you back up every single time make sure you use LastPass LastPass if you don't know is a kind of a password management system that encrypts everything and will give you good passwords as well and save them and everything on LastPass is encrypted so you don't have to worry about that so do your best to do that as well uh, I mean these are just kind of tips to help you do that too um, if you want to make sure you're on maybe Linux or another kind of um, operating system that's not Windows but to be honest with you any system is vulnerable if you're one of those people like nope not Apple I'm gonna say yes Apple even Apple's vulnerable just because there isn't as many as Windows doesn't mean it's not vulnerable the only reason why there's so many of these malwares and hacks going on with Windows operating system because Windows owns majority of the market. You, For any business, you go where most people are going. So for hackers, you go where most people are using the operating system, which is Windows. Just what you do. It's not really rocket science, but that's what you do. Um, so like I said, for your phone, because a lot of people you do the business on their phone, make sure you have kind of an antivirus on your phone anyways, just helps protect you from unknown things you may not know about because if they actually get into your phone, it's a lot harder to do anything about that. Um, now, always be on the lookout for ransomware. Ransomware does happen. If you don't know what ransomware is, it's when somebody basically cracks into your system and encrypts your files and says, pay me this much money and I will decrypt your files. Now, here's the thing. They're not obligated to, to basically unencrypt the files or decrypt the files because they're already encrypted. So if you pay them, it's at your own risk and you may actually never get your files. So that's why I say always, 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 always back up. It's just one of those things you gotta do. Back it up. What you gotta do, always back up. No matter what, back it up. If it's your old high school photo, back it up if you really care about that or use Google Photos if you want to that's on the cloud but then obviously as always anything in the cloud can be compromised too so yeah also moving on and I actually want to talk about this so I did finish Dishonored uh, Death of the Outsider yes it was well, it was an interesting game 
Um, they switched a couple things. So in their first two Dishonored, so this is kind of an expansion of Dishonored 2, um, you had two kind of um, systems. You had like kind of your mana portion, you had your health portion, and you had two vials to replenish them. Well, in this one, uh, the mana portion is refillable, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. It also follows kind of uh, the boatmaster, the person that uh, was in charge of the big boat for Dishonored 2, as she finds her um, Dual, who, who was the a main character, or actually the main bad person in the first Dishonored, and in the DLCs you played him as well. So the whole thing is to kill the out the outsider who it basically imbues powers to Dwald, but also the main uh, protagonist for Dishonored and Dishonored 2. Uh, he's kind of this mysterious guy that helps out in some ways, but also doesn't help out in some ways. So it was interesting. It was actually quite a bit more difficult. Um, and also getting back into it kind of was a little bit rusty. Um, but what you got back into it, it was actually, it wasn't bad. Um, I've kind of felt as the other two games, I had a little bit more freedom on where to go. This one, they kind of were tightening the reins a little bit where I couldn't have as much freedom to go around. Um, maybe that's design or whatever, but I, I kind of didn't feel as as much freedom as the, other, as the other ones. So that kind of hurt me a little bit. I thought the story was interesting. I thought the two different playthroughs on how to kill the main objective was great. Um, I always like choice. Choice is always a good thing, and figuring that out is, well, can be difficult as well. I thought the new powers were interesting. So um, Blink and Emily's kind of like, um, like hand thing. It was kind of cross between that as well. Um, I thought kind of the clairvoyance or the scouting um, power where you can like move yourself out of your body, kind of like uh, mark charms and mark different um, people was interesting. Uh, I also thought that taking their identity was another interesting power. Um, your powers cannot be upgradable. Uh, there's only bone charms, but you cannot upgrade your powers, which was interesting for me because I'm usually used to uh, being able to upgrade it. But it wasn't as long of a game as Dishonored 2 or the original Dishonored. It was around probably about 10 to 15 hours. Good. Uh, uh, that was good solid. So it wasn't bad for 30 bucks. It's about 30 bucks. Um... Did I think it was a satisfying game? Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty good for what it was worth. Uh, do I recommend it? For the most part, yeah, I actually do. I kind of gave it a good brew. Uh, the combat was still is good. I still like the stealth. Uh, I mean, I kind of brought down points for um, kind of feeling not as uh, f as many much freedom of trying to take the objective as before. Um, it was a little short for 30 bucks, but at least it wasn't a full price game. I thought it could have been around more to 20, 25 to $20. I probably would have been a better price point for the little amount of uh, how short the game was. Um, can you play through it multiple times? You, you can, um, maybe to find the other ending, uh, but there's really only one like major big bad boss you have to kill or not, obviously your choice um i will leave it up to you to decide where to do that but there really wasn't that much beyond that so um with all that it's it's good um i enjoyed it it wasn't this terrible like let me get through this come on hurry up so if you want to you can pick it up on green man gaming steam 
Amazon, all of them. I picked up in Green Man Gaming because you usually get a lot of good discounts through them as well. Um, but yeah, that is the end of Digital Coffee. Hope you enjoyed it as I always do talking about it. And be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Click that subscribe button and please leave a comment and a review. It does help me as much, a lot actually. I also follow Digital Coffee on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, player.me, and more. And also, if you like this podcast, please consider buying a t-shirt or hoodie or coffee cup. It really helps out a bit. Join me next week when I go through marketing. Ooh, it'll be Digital Coffee Morning Marketing Edition. So it should be interesting, guys. All right, have a good rest of your week. Later.